Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of football, I live a pretty boring life. With Matt Harmon. This is an anti-getting-greedy podcast here. I've seen you guys' podcast have blown up here recently, so glad to get on. It's Friday, December 30th, and this will be our final episode for the year, the calendar year 2022. Definitely not the season, definitely not forever. I mean, for God's sakes, but... 2022 has been an awesome year for the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Uh, I really personally appreciate all of you for listening, for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate even more all the folks who have jumped on the podcast all year long and put up with me, the many, many great co-hosts, obviously the three core guys and beyond uh, that have been on the show. It's been an awesome year, and I'm very, very, very grateful for everybody for joining me on this ride. We've got a hell of a Week 17. I mean, what a mess. This week 17 uh, has become. That's why we had to bring in the big guns. We've got Dalton Del Don here, of course. Dalton, doing a two-time duty, buddy. This is a messy week, bro. How you doing? Doing all right. Yeah, a lot of injury information. Will they play? Won't they? Motivation. I hate trying to, to guess that. Uh, and when the wife gets you a Brock Purdy shirt for Christmas, you must uh, wear that shirt. Oh, and, let's uh, go. <laughs> so let's go. Right. What's up, guys? Oh, man. It's good to have you again, Dalton. Uh, but... Like I said, the big guns, the true big guns. We had to bring in a heavy hitter here. Marvin Eloquin doing a lot of great work on the site with expected fantasy points. I just got an alert today about your article. Uh, so that's live on the site. I'm sure we'll be referencing that a lot. People should definitely go and check that out. Um, is this, this is probably the last one, I, I would guess. But regardless, you should be uh, checking this one out. But Marvin, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Not much, man. It's uh, it's a great week to be on here with a bunch of fun games. So I'm excited to be here just to recap the craziness of week 17. Oh, man, it's it's great. It's, we get to skip the Thursday night debacle. Um, we're obviously again, you know, I love I love to reference the game that has happened. We don't know what happened uh, by the time this show gets published. But uh, anyways, I can't imagine the Josh Dobbs fireworks uh, really brought anybody home a big <laughs> fantasy title. So I'm glad we actually we get to skip that. But there's still a lot of craziness to discuss what we're going to do here. We're going to preview the games in order of Vegas over under numbers, uh, not including Sunday night and Monday night. Those go at the end as they always do. That worked out really well last week. Uh, maybe your dumb host here probably should have been ordering the shows uh, like that all week, but you're all year long. But, you know, we're all learning on the job here. Let's get right into the business. And of course, over under numbers, we're starting. With the Chicago Bears, we got to start with the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are six-point favorites at home. Dalton, you gave a big rousing endorsement for 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 Justin Fields on uh, yesterday's episode, but you like both quarterbacks this week. 
Yeah, I'll keep, keep it quicker with Fields. He's facing a Lions defense, allowing the most YPA, the most fantasy points, and the most rushing yards to quarterbacks indoors. The Lions are also allowing the most yards per play at home. So it's a great matchup for both quarterbacks. Conversely, we have uh, Jared Goff, 20 touchdowns, three interceptions over eight home games this year. I believe it's only Patrick Mahomes is averaging more touchdowns per game than Goff in Detroit this season. And he has all his weapons available here. So I have both. I have... Fields is my QB one and golf is my QB five this week. I mean, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I know somebody asked us uh, between those two guys, which you prefer. And I know that you have all this optimism about Justin Fields this week. So I love to see that uh, Marvin, obviously, if both the quarterbacks are going to go off. That's going to trickle down uh, to the wide receivers here. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, obviously a great matchup for uh, all the re- receivers, but specifically for Detroit with Chicago allowing the 11th most fancy points to wide receivers over the last six weeks, eighth most to the slot uh, wide receivers. And when we think of the slot, we think of Amon Ross and Brown, who rotates there frequently. Uh, he's just been amazing over the last, you know, several, several weeks since coming back from that ankle injury, has averaged a 30.8% target share since week eight. Wide receiver six and expected fancy points, so he has that high baseline. But I'm not just talking about the baseline. I think the ceiling is really high this week with the highest over-under, a great matchup. I honestly think he could be a, a championship-winning uh, player for uh, fancy managers this week. All six of his touchdowns at home this season, and he was tackled again inside go. the five last week. It's repeatedly, every single week. Happens all tackled. the time. Yeah, and Jamal it's... Williams. Jamal Williams always benefits, man. Yep. Yep. Every time. Yeah, Love St. Brown this week. It's beautiful, yeah. Uh, listen... I'm all in on St. Brown this week, as I always am. But what about DJ Chark, though, Marvin? Like, I mean, this is a guy who's run second most routes on the team for a long stretch of time here. You know, Chark is definitely, I, I feel like he's going to be obviously more boom bust than, of course, St. Brown. But just the nature of his game leads him to be boom bust. But where are you ranking yeah. DJ Chark in terms of like uh, wide receivers this week? I think he could be a serviceable flex option this in this uh, matchup, especially over the last four weeks. He's had top 24 performance in half PPR leagues. In three of the last four games, so I think he's someone who you can trust. And you know, in this matchup where it should be high scoring, uh, where uh, you know the Chicago cornerbacks are giving up a lot of points, fancy points. This is this is the the, the time to start DJ Chark, especially if you're running out of options. I think he should be a solid flex option this week. I agree with you. And look, um, Jamison Williams, uh, he hasn't had like more. <laughs> he's had he has had like one target uh, in all but one game so far this year. But uh, I would not play Jamison Williams in, in fantasy, but I'm going to go ahead and predict uh, at least one big play from him in, in this game. So if he has like a super low uh, receiving yard prop or something like that, I, I like it. I think we see something from him in this game. It would be nice. I mean, shoot, it would be nice, Dalton, to see something from the guy because I know he's going to be like one of the most hotly discussed players next year. Um, but we, we have just have nothing to go off this year. So it's basically just the college evaluation and the environment here. Yeah, although I was impressed when two weeks ago on one catch, he he recorded the fastest speed of any wide receiver that week, which is pretty good for a guy recovering from ACL surgery. So that alone, I was like, oh, that's enough for me to, you know, be be impressed with what you can with limited snaps. You're right. He's not playing enough to use for your fantasy teams right now. But next year, absolutely, this team just looks so, so ready to uh, to be a playoff contender. That's enough for you to rank him as like a top 20 receiver next year. <laughs> He's young. I mean, he fits my. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I've seen enough. He's top 15. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I love it. Just one last kind of heat check from you guys in this game. Um, the running backs. I know this is we talk. I'll ask Marvin because you and I talked about it yesterday, Dalton, uh, with the Jamal Williams thing. But um, Marvin, with with DeAndre Swift, with Jamal Williams, how are you treating these guys this week in, in this high scoring game? I think you you can start them if you don't have many options, but I think the the floor is relatively low just because of the 
uh, you know, the, the the fact that they're sharing touches, the fact that, um, you know, it, it just fluctuates every single week. Now, obviously, with Jamal Williams, I like him a tiny bit more just because of the goal line work and the potential there. Uh, but you can't always bank on those one, you know, those receptions that get stopped at the two yard line, one yard line. That's not always going to happen. Uh, but still, if you if you need someone, I think you can start them. It's just the the floor is, is relatively low for both of them. I'm using Swift over Jamal Williams in our full PPR uh, league. We're in together, Harmon, and fully expect to be wrong. One thing I will note, despite my love for golf this week, it, it could be noted that the Bears opponents have the highest run rate against them in the entire league this year. So maybe this will be a Jamal Williams and Swift eruption week. It could be uh, that that absolutely could exist here, too. Yeah, two things. Number one, uh, you keep talking about this league that we're in together. I haven't been uh, participating in this league in like three weeks because I did not make I was the get your money back, which, hey, I'm fine being the get your money back guy. That was me. But you are in the championship. So we're all rooting for you, Dalton, over Scott oh, Barrett. You. I mean, for thank God's you. sakes, thank come you. on. <laughs> um, but my main point there was like this over under 52 is really high. The way the Bears play and the way that teams have played back at them certainly could t send this game, you know, I mean, I think it'll still be a fantasy friendly environment, but like it can easily be a situation where if the Bears don't hold up their end of the bargain or, or they drag the Lions down into the mud a little bit, this game could could go oh. under the total, I think. Oh, right sure. now, the Lions have the highest implied team total of the week in BetMGM, 29 points, a little bit above the Chiefs. I mean, wild stuff. This is the Coors field of the NFL, man. This should be a really fun DFS matchup. So I fully expect some 13 to 10 clunker. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh dan campbell's got to get his manhood back after steve wilkes took it from him and he was so he was dan, dan campbell was so hyped about it he's even you know got up with steve wilkes at the end of that game so he's got to he's got to yeah. turn this into a slugfest i wouldn't love starting david montgomery this week with herbert there and uh, you know detroit just practiced yeah. the run defense all week long like crazy a hundred percent. I love that. All right, we're st we'll stay in the uh, NFC North here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers talking all this smack about oh they you got some little soft dome teams coming into Green Bay to finish the year. Uh, Vikings at Packers here. Packers are three and a half point favorites. Uh, Marvin, your Packers. How are we feeling about this matchup this week? Honestly, not too great. Um, as far as as a fan, it's it's going to be high scoring, but uh, this it'll be a tough test. I mean, this Minnesota offense has been really good. Obviously, at times they wait until the second half to really turn it on, but they are a good offense. They have some elite pieces on there. But specifically, I do think the Green Bay Packer wide receivers should have a great game, obviously, with a pretty high over-under as well. Minnesota allowing the fourth most fancy points to wide receivers over the last six weeks. It's a friendly matchup. And I do want to highlight a couple of those receivers there. I mean, Watson, before his injury in the first half, had a 36.4% target share. He was just really, really productive. And we're starting to, to see them use him in a variety of ways beyond just his deep third ability. And you love to see that for a young wide receiver to develop in that way. But in the second half, without him, you actually had Lazard leading the team with five targets, a 31% target share. And then you had Dobbs second with three targets and a 19% target share. Obviously, very small sample size, but we've seen both of them without Watson uh, thrive earlier in the season, kind of swapping between the, the wide receiver one role. And in this matchup, I do think both guys could be flex worthy options, potentially wide receiver two options if Watson is not active. But if Watson's active, he might just have a really good game and, and it's the perfect matchup for two. Yeah. I really hope Christian Watson is, is active. Um, yeah. not for any personal reasons, but God, it just, he makes the offense that much better. Like yeah. this is, this goes back to kind of that stale offense that we saw earlier this season, right? Where it was just these, I mean, 
listen, I like Alan Lazard as a player, but him inhaling 11 targets, 13 air yards per target, like that's not really Alan Lazard's <laughs> game. Um, yeah. I, I do like Dobbs a lot if if uh, if Watson sits, but man, if he's if he's not out there, just the ceiling of this whole offense gets pushed down that much. He really, even if I don't think he's a complete number one wide receiver yet, and I, you know maybe he'll get there, maybe he won't. It's just his skill set, like you said, and the way they're starting to get him on some of those crossing routes and, and some some shorter game. Um, that, that I, I would love to see uh, him out there in this matchup. But Dalton Cousins, you know, he, he he's, he's starting to play a lot better than he was uh, earlier this year, but so is the Green Bay Packers defense. The further the Watson, the splits are so big with Watson on and off the field for Green Bay's offense uh, this season. And man, a healthy Watson, I'd have ranked as high as number 10 this week in this matchup. If he's inactive, you got to fire up Lazard. Agree with you guys there. Cousins on the other side, he's actually really improved this year um, when facing pressure when he struggled throughout his career. And that's nice against the Green Bay team that's, I think, top three or four in pressure rate. Um this does set up nicely uh, against the, for Dalvin Cook against a team that struggles against the run, but I just think this is going to force Cousins to throw. Um, he hasn't been any worse on the road, actually higher YPA than at home this season. So like him as a top 10, uh, easy top 10, maybe more like top seven fantasy QB this week in this matchup. I mean, Justin Jefferson, obviously just going to keep going, keep going crazy. Green Bay w- should be worth noting. He's like, I believe DVOA's top ranked pass defense over the last month, but Man, how much is weighted on last week's second half against Tua and those three picks, you know, when he was mm-hmm. concussed? I mean, I wonder how heavily weighted that is. But they're clearly playing better defense than they were earlier this year. But I think Cousins is still capable of, of beating them and putting up nice fantasy stats. Uh, I like A.J. Dillon to get into the end zone at least once uh, in this game. Just because I know the matchup obviously is more focused on the Vikings secondary and, you know, the way that they've, they've been giving it up. But, like... If they get in, if they get down inside the ten yard line, in, even inside the red zone, generally, like they're giving the ball to AJ Dillon at this point, he's been very efficient uh, the last month or so. So, um, if you have him in your championship matchup, and and Aaron, Aaron Aaron Jones clearly banged up too, that's a that's a problem right now. So I think this is a good spot for AJ Dillon as well. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Oh, the super mega interesting Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are twelve and a half point favorites. Um, Jerry Judy, Marvin. You know, it's it's in, his usage has been interesting. Hey, he's on Twitter too, like defending Russ, like quote tweeting some yeah. barstool sports thing. So he's out there going to bat for Russ. Um, he's also been going to bat for your fantasy teams lately. Yeah, he's been he's been great. And I know the Kansas City Chiefs have been a little better against wide receivers as of late. Their eighth best matchup on the season, seventeenth best over the last six weeks. So just you know, a little little better than they usually were through, uh, for the whole season, I should say. But Jerry Judy specifically, since coming back from that ankle sprain in early November, you know, over the last three weeks, we've seen him kind of take on those starter snaps again, plus 70% uh, snaps over the last three games, a 26.2% target share, 33% of the air yards, wide receiver 17, my expected points model. He's been he's been a wide receiver too in usage, which gives you that that confidence to start him as that. But then we've also seen the upside of, of getting into the you know the end zone and just having those big plays. Uh, so it's it's been encouraging to see that for Jerry Dew. He's been you know struggling with injuries. Very promising prospect, obviously entering the league a couple of years ago, but he's finally you know getting it. You know coming together with with the opportunities here with Russ and everything. Even though Russ hasn't been great, it's been. Jerry Judy has been been awesome over the last few weeks. And also, it's been encouraging to see him continue that even with Sutton returning last week. So for me, I you know, this is a great matchup. They're going to have to score points. They're going to have to keep up with with Mahomes. So I'm starting Jerry Judy as a wide receiver, too, this week. Love it. Um, Dalton, I feel like you and I were uh, sort of not, not Jerry Judy guys. Maybe you're more of a Jerry Judy guy than I am. But um, 
I, I, it's nice to see, like, I think the lack of faith that we had in Cortland Sutton, I guess, and, and Jerry Judy sort of taking this late season surge. It's been nice to see. Yeah, I was definitely Judy over Sutton guy. Um, maybe too little too late, but it is nice to, to see. Hopefully he can stay healthy and uh, get better quarterback play next season. The boy, On the flip side, Kansas City's wide receiver usage is just a disaster. Justin Watson tied for the team lead uh, last week in targets. And now they're uh, they're getting Kadarius Tony returned. They're getting Nicole Hardman likely back this week. It's just you know very frustrating that this team is the most yards per play in the last five years without Tariq Hill, and it's not helping fantasy managers too much. In fairness to them, over the, these this four week stretch at Denver, at Houston, Seattle, and now Denver, all four of those opponents rank top four against wide receivers this season. So it's a tough stretch here, but another one against the Broncos this week. Uh, but yeah, I mean Juju, are you, you're probably using him in PPR, but. It's just he's been a little frustrating with the injuries. He looked like he was getting becoming really, really reliable there, and now there's just so many more bodies. I asked this question on uh, my other podcast this week uh, earlier on the Justin Watson thing. What what is the deal with the Justin Watson thing? Okay, like he's he's run the second most routes on the team, I think, like three straight weeks, and it's it's a, it's a, got zero yards, no catches, no <laughs> yards. He's, he's been targeted a little, like two targets, two targets, four targets last week, nothing. I mean, what what is the what is Andy Reid's thing with Justin Watson? I have no like, does he have some incriminating evidence on on Andy? Does he have um, something going on there? Like, because it's bizarre, man. You know, they've invested all of these. And look, I don't think Sky Moore. I don't think Kadarius Tony. Obviously, Juju. Like these guys aren't necessarily like outside boundary receivers like they're playing like it should be playing a bunch of x whatever but like justin watson's even playing over mvs i don't even think like mvs is that great of a player either of course but it's bizarre the justin watson thing is is really got me tilted it's very bizarre yeah it's definitely worrisome too that you know first dynasty purposes obviously this is very much this week but for sky Moore, someone who was highly touted entering the the league and the fact that he's playing behind some of these guys who we thought wouldn't even have an opportunity this this year is kind of mind-boggling. So it's a little worrisome. It, you can't really trust any of these wide receivers outside of Juju, in my opinion. That's why it's truly just Travis Kelsey, wide receiver one in this offense, and he's the guy that that'll uh, you know take fancy managers to the championship. Hundred um, percent. I'm really interested to see what this receiver core looks like next year because I think Juju could price himself out of the Chiefs. Um, rotation and you know, we're just not going to have a lot to go on on like Tony or, or Sky Moore or any of these guys going into next year unless they big play big playoff roles which would be kind of surprising um, for either guy at this point but we'll see all right we'll move on to Jaguars at Texans uh, we have talked a lot about motivation at least on the podcast yesterday Dalton um, so that, I think that's really just a big question here uh, how much will these guys play when clearly I mean, the Titans, not the Malik Willis part of it, but they rested Derrick Henry because they were looking towards next week. So the Titans are looking towards next week. How much are the Jaguars looking towards next week? I think that's the biggest question here. Yeah, the point spread suggests that they're going to play their starters, and Peterson claims they are, but I just don't exactly trust them, at least the whole game. I mean, Trevor Lawrence missing practice with this toe injury. Why would you risk it? Travis Etienne, on one hand, has an argument with with no Henry and Jacobs' situation and McCaffrey's usage, too. Etienne has an argument to be the number one ranked fantasy back this week against Houston if we knew he were playing his normal you know snaps. But as is, there's a bit of risk if you're considering him in DFS. And Trevor Lawrence, I know a, a bunch of fantasy managers have this decision in championships. And I guess I guess roll with him like he's going to play the whole game. But do you guys think otherwise? I mean, just just be aware that there is some risk involved that he doesn't play the whole game. 
and that's, you know, Travis Etienne's the guy that I think would be the most productive from a fantasy perspective on this team. Um, but I, I do agree there's that concern of them just not having to really play as hard this week. And and uh, honestly, I could see them, you know, going up, you know, quite a few points and, and then just honestly taking it easy for the rest of the game. And, and that's the concern here. But it is a great matchup for Travis Etienne, who's been a running back one uh, from a usage standpoint. And obviously just hasn't found the end zone over the last couple of weeks, or several weeks. And, and and that's just what's missing in, to take him from an RB2 to an RB1 uh, for fantasy purposes. So uh, the usage is there. You start him, hope that he's the guy. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely concerned as well because a lot of these teams, you know, there's not as much motivation uh, to necessarily give it your all. Um, and, you know, we've talked about a couple games where that's the opposite, but this is one of those where there's not much on the line. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, any anything else stand out from this game? I mean, I think obviously the biggest questions we've just hit them, but either one of you guys got got anything else on on the receivers? Anything like is this another Zay Jones week? Are we back on the Zay Jones train after he had like three touchdowns one game and then like two points the next game? What do we th- what do we think about the receivers? Either one of you guys. Houston's actually been a horrible matchup for receivers for whatever reason this year. So um, game script often d- dictates that. But um, for what it's worth, they've uh, yeah they've just been really they've shut down receivers. They're like bottom five. But um, w- for what it's worth, but Zay Jones is he's a tough boom bust type weekly guy. I'm not going to predict it. Tough one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, Rams at Chargers here. Marvin Cam Akers. One of, looked like one of the worst draft picks you could have possibly made earlier this year, and now he's uh, he's winning you championships here late in the year. If you, I mean, if you somehow have been playing him, yeah, I mean Cam Akers has been has been outstanding. Where you know, if you held on to him, you might have a guy that could actually be serviceable in 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 your championship week. Uh, and with it being likely, um, you know, it, I don't know if this is going to be one of the higher scoring games. It probably won't be. And and you know, for Cam Akers specifically, he's just been. One of the the most involved running backs over the last three weeks, especially in the playoffs, highest snap share of the season at seventy five point five percent, thirty nine point six percent of the of the team's opportunities. Any anytime you get close to 50 percent, you're you're up there, and that'll translate into fancy production, which we've seen RB fifteen and expected fancy points. So the usage is there. I think they they don't have much else to rely on other than him really in that offense. So you, you play him, and and it's a decent matchup with the Chargers allowing the fifth highest yards per carry over the last six weeks. So um, he's one of the guys you can probably rely on this week with so much uncertainty across the board at the running back position. Yeah, the run defense is definitely they've stopped giving up those like big gash runs, but it's still like yeah. little, you know, five, four, four, five, six yeah. yard chunks here and there. Um, and, and I agree. It's it's funny, you know, about a month ago, it was like, well, can't trust the Rams. They switch one guy, this guy, this every single week, and then they outright cut Daryl Henderson. And here, here we are with Cam Akers, who's been great. But Dalton, uh, yeah, Cam Akers, he's he's been awesome. Uh, potentially, where where you rank Cam Akers this week? He's my RB ten. He yeah, he's treated like a workhorse, like the matchup. He looks good. So yeah, Mayfield has the offense competent. So yeah, I, I have him as a top ten RB this week. Uh, I'm in on him. And then what about your guy Austin Eckler? Do you have any inside information here, Harmon? Because he's a big concern here on the flip side. Because if he has to miss this game, obviously be a huge, massive blow without Henry and Eckler for fantasy managers in the championship. But Joshua Kelly, you know, would just he would not. It's not an equal replacement. It would just, would not be the same role whatsoever. Keenan Allen may catch twenty balls if if Eckler has to sit out but uh yes that's obviously the key here in the Chargers game is Eckler's health yeah so obviously when we had him on the show this week he basically said like I would I want to play all 17 games like I want to play every single week that's that's what he would like to do but I, I feel like he gave it you know because I've had a bunch of people reach out and ask me this and number one I don't 
I don't I know. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was saying <laughs> tongue in cheek, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Okay, and I don't think Austin knows right now either. I, it's. I think as he said on the show, like I think it was pretty straightforward. It's going to be a coach's decision uh, whether he goes or not. Um, obviously, he's dealing with a knee a situation. It's on the injury report. You know, we knew that uh, before we taped on on Tuesday. So like, th- there's there's that going on there. I I think that. Obviously, I'm I'm guessing just like everybody else, and I I don't like I said I don't think Austin would know at this point of the week either. But I do think we have talked about Josh Kelly on the show before with with Eckler, and he's been impressed and happy with how he's looked this year. And at times, I think probably even wanted more of like a two back split there, but they've just not been able to really run the ball. And that's that's the thing is that this running game has not been great, regardless, you know, for a lot of different reasons. I don't know that Josh Kelly would come in there and obviously have Eckler's role, but I do think if if Eckler misses the game, then Kelly would sort of get on that kind of like our low end RB two, high end RB uh, three flex type of radar, at least for me. That sounds fair for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, like I said, I I know that before he had that injury. Austin was really happy with the with how Josh Kelly was kind of mixing in there and rotating. And uh, obviously then he had a long stretch on IR. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, it hasn't exactly been the most fruitful run game in the entire world. Uh, regardless, this game, next one here, really interesting uh, to me. Jets are traveling to Seattle. Man, Dalton, we've talked about uh, Gino lately and how he's been falling in the EPA per dropback metrics. And, you know, obviously Tyler Lockett sounds like he's going to play. That's great. One one week too late to save your boy, but but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, Gino's gotten 5.4 YPA back-to-back games. As you note, 21st in EPA per dropback since week 10. But some tough matchups. Maybe gets Lockett back this week. But it's another tough matchup. The Jets are allowing the fewest yards per play in the NFL. The, the fewest passing touchdowns this season, just 13. And uh, will Lockett be 100%? Because Marquise Goodwin's banged up. Will Disley's out. Noah Fant is also banged up. Um... Uh, this is probably completely meaningless, but I was just looking this up. Uh, uh, it, it, this split is maybe worth noting, but again, probably not. Geno Smith has got 9.7 YPA indoors this year and just 7.1 outdoors. Strug- so now he's going to have to face a Jets secondary with some banged up receivers. And he struggled, you know, maybe some more film was on him. So the second and a half has contributed to that EPA for drop back, complete turnaround. So I don't know, a little skeptical. I would not love this matchup if I'm relying on Geno in my fantasy championship. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Marvin, I think the biggest news of this game, though, is uh, fantasy savior, Jets savior himself, Mike White, is back in the mix. Yeah, it's, it's about time. I'm glad he's back for all of my Garrett Wilson shares. Uh, that's that's <laughs> definitely a positive right there. And, uh, you know, just to highlight what Mike White has done in his three games as a starter, he's the QB 10 and EPA per play, QB 15 in success rate, QB 17 completion percentage over expected in those three games. And, uh, you know, that's not anything, you know, super elite or anything but when zach wilson is on the complete other end of the spectrum near the bottom in almost every metric this is going to be an upgrade they seem to pass the ball more also with mike white in those three games and that's obviously going to mean good things for garrett wilson who was a wide receiver wide receiver one in in usage and in volume and expected fancy points every metric you look at he was he was up there in that time span and so this is Obviously, perfect timing, and and I do think even though it is a little bit of a tougher matchup, I do think you can start Garrett Wilson um, as a you know borderline wide receiver one, probably more of a wide receiver two, but he'll he'll be good this week. 
Yeah, I think um, if you need any of these Jets players, you're happy to see uh, Mike White back there. Even like Tyler Conklin, I think if you're hurting at tight end, like I think he could, is potentially back in the mix here. Um, just, yeah, I mean, even 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 the run game, man, obviously they fall so far behind uh, against the Jaguars quickly or they, they get out of that game script like they weren't able to establish that run game with uh, with Bam Knight either. But I think uh, it, as long as he's healthy and you, the injury reports are pretty clear, I think Knight makes like a pretty good start at running back as well. So yeah, we're just hey, we're just happy Mike White's back there. That it, which is crazy to say, <laughs> but it makes a huge difference uh, for this Jets offense. Let's move to the next game here: Saints at Eagles. Eagles are six and a half point favorites. Marvin, you've got some notes here on Gardner Minshew with these wide receivers. Definitely, um, well, let's pre- let's pretend that Jalen Hurts doesn't play because as of today, he was a limited participation or limited participant in practice on Thursday. Um, he, t- I believe, he took all of the reps ahead of Gardner Minshew, but let's exist in a world here where Jalen Hurts is not starting. Uh, what does it do for the players in this offense? Yeah, I was taking a look at Gardner Minshew's efficiency metrics over the, you know, week 16 as a starter. And this is from RBSDM.com. They do some quarterback analytics there, some some great work. Um, in neutral situations, Gardner Minshew was third in EPA per play in week 16, fifth in completion percentage over expected. And all then in, in a, obviously a tougher matchup there, but it helps to have some elite weapons as well in A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. But the fact that he was, uh, you know, that efficient, you know, shows that they can function in this offense with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. And as far as the target shares go, he relied heavily in Devontae Smith, 35% of the targets. I mean, that's elite target yeah. share right there. A.J. Brown with 24%, which is very respectable. He had a good game as well. And so if we have another week of Gardner Minshew, that's not the end of the world. I think for fantasy managers, it, it can still be a good week for the wide receivers that we're relying on, potentially for Dallas Goddard as well. And then Gardner Minshew should be a serviceable quarterback as well if you need a streamer. Gardner Minshew knows ball. He knows that Devontae Smith is a number one wide receiver. He knows ball. <laughs> um, the the Jalen Hurts thing is not the only big uh, absence that we're potentially worried about uh, on this offense. Dalton Lane Johnson is gonna he put off surgery. He's gonna return. I guess most likely in the playoffs. But uh, what does it do to this offense? First, I concur about Minshew. Like him as a top ten fantasy QB this week. He would be an option. I would definitely be starting over Geno Smith. Uh, heard a crazy stat from Rob Pizzola. Last year, the Eagles allowed a league-high pressure rate, 47%, when Lane Johnson was off the field. So uh, that is something to pay attention to this weekend. Let's see how much that that affects him one week later. Because I was all in on Miles Sanders. And, you know, hearing that, obviously pressure rate. But, um, you know, that's it's a big loss on the offensive line. People call them the best tackle in football. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be curious to see how, uh, how they perform uh, one week after losing him. Yeah, a big part of this offense's success has been that offensive line and how good it's been, the way they're able to run block. I mean, they're just a bunch of badasses up there, and obviously the pass protection has been great too. Just a couple things real quick from both of you guys. Number one, let's say Jalen Hurts does play. Are you playing him like with no, as if like no restrictions? Because it is a little concerning, right? Like the hey, the Eagles beat the Saints. They improved their own draft position, which is nice uh, because they have the Saints first round pick. But, I mean, it's the damn Saints. Like, you'd think the Eagles would wipe the floor with them and just keep moving on. But, uh, let Dalton, if, if Jalen Hurts is out there, you you playing, uh, you playing Jalen Hurts with no restrictions? So, I was just asked this question, Hurts or, or Goff, this week. And I actually told him Goff with a, with a mm. Hurts, with compromised Hurts. Uh, but I have Goff so high as my fifth. So, like, Burrow, right. Mahomes, Allen, Fields, and Goff. But then I'd probably go Hurts. Yes. But but to me, they're, they're, that's a tough decision because he's... I don't think he's going to play, man. There's some concern. He's not even 100% for their first playoff game. I think this is moot, and it's definitely going to be Minshew. But if that would be a tough decision, and I hope it doesn't come to that. Marvin, what about you? 
Yeah, I agree. There's definitely it, it. There's definitely that hesitation, and it depends on who you have as your your backup, right? To to plug in there. And I agree, Goff would be someone who I'd play uh, comfortably. Justin Fields, those guys, Joe Burrow. Uh, but it, it comes to a point where if if you're looking at like Geno Smith and Jalen Hurts, if he is active, I, I think you just have to you just play him because he he could take one play for a you know a 50 right. yard touchdown, you know. But it, it all depends. It, it sounds like he's not fully healthy yet. That's why I fully expect them to just run with Gardner Minshew, who, who was serviceable last week. He'll be fine, at least for the, the regular season, and then they'll run with Hurts in the, in the playoffs. I think that's probably what happens, too, but we'll see. All right, Saints side, real quick. Uh, again, both you guys, starting with you, Marvin. Alvin Kamara, yes or no? Chris Olave, yes or no? Yeah, yes to both. I think I think you just start him. I, obviously, with Kamara, he's, he hasn't been the same guy from a receiving standpoint that we've... It's kind of tailed off over the last couple of weeks, but it, it's still Kamara. I mean, it, it's hard to bench that guy. Um, and Chris Olave has been elite from a volume standpoint over the last several weeks, regardless of who the quarterback is. You know, obviously when he's healthy. And so if he's yeah. he's healthy, you play him. Dalton, you too. Eagles lost some secondary guys. Yeah, you're playing them. But I, I guess I would say it like this. You, I could strongly consider if you have a Tyler Algier or a Brian Robinson sitting there. I think it's worth debating in this matchup of Kamara. But for most teams, yeah. I mean, I still have him ranked as a top 20 back this week. Okay, fair. Um, yeah, definitely wasn't a personal question about the Chris Olave thing. That was uh, just yeah, he's just a tough one too. Coming, he hasn't played in a while. That's a tough one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, notice I avoided that question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, either yes yeah. or yes, right, Matt? <laughs> yeah, it was yes. Or, it was yes or, or hate myself. Uh, I don't know which one. Which one do you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for tapping out, Dalton. Appreciate uh, appreciate you helping your buddy here. That's a uh, that's Andy great Dalton friendship. has at least been playing pretty well. And last week a total pass, you know, with the wind and theoretically they should be having to to throw the ball playing from behind against the Eagles. I think Alave is a wide receiver three. We're starting sure. Isn't isn't uh, Andy Dalton like PFF's fifth yeah, graded quarterback? Or something high. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's interesting um that's interesting all right here's an i mean here's an interesting game cardinals at falcons um i mean gross uh all right but we'll start with we'll start with dalton and we'll start with the uh return of the great colt mccoy yeah i know i, I thought you'd laugh at the what i put in there but i am curious how it affects greg dorch because the guy saw 11 targets and 10 catches he's uh, the minimum in dfs this week so i don't know some of us out there might be interested in saving some salary there but now a quarterback switch um, what does that mean? So, uh, you know, uh, Atlanta, they, uh, they entered the year, many people thought their strength were their cornerbacks and they got lit up early on, but AJ Terrell's gotten healthier and they've been yeah. very tough on the outside over the past month. So I know Connor will get a mil- every single touch and probably the opponent's touches in the backfield to this game. But otherwise, if the outside receivers are shut down, um, I don't dorch over the middle here for cheap. No, <laughs> <laughs> Gross. I saw uh, I saw our, our buddy Ian Harditz like put out something that if uh, Greg Dorch and Rondell Moore were the same person uh, or were one, were oh, one yeah. player, they'd yeah. be like wide receiver yeah. twenty two or something this year. Which is I think I feel like it's a g- great stat, uh, but also just perfectly encapsulates what's wrong with the Cardinals offense. And it's like, all right, we've got all these guys. Let's we could pump pump Greg Dorch up with volume. Not that I don't mean to be disrespectful to Greg Dorch, but I'm just saying here, uh, Marvin. Uh, I feel like Dalton and I have spent an absurd amount of time this week just gushing about Tyler Algier. So why don't you uh, why don't you do a little bit of uh, gushing about Tyler Algier or bring us back down to earth about this guy? No, I'll have to just add on to that. I'll have to agree with you guys because I, I do think this is a you know a solid um, just matchup as well as 
with the opportunities that we've seen with, for Tyler Geo that it's trending in the right direction. Atlanta continues to average one of the highest, actually the highest early down neutral situation rushing rate at uh, you know nearly 61%. They want to run the ball for better or for worse. Um, in Algier in week 16, 36% of the opportunities, RB7 in expected fancy points. It could be another RB2 performance where, you know, Dalton, you were talking about how you might want to bench some guys for Tyler Algier. I think this is, uh, he's got a good matchup in front of him and and the opportunities are there. So um, also worth noting, though, that Cardinals have allowed the most targets and receiving yards to running backs over the last six weeks. So that could be, you know, maybe something for, uh, you know, CP, CPAT there. But, you know, it's I, I still think you you start Tyler Algier. He's the RB1 in this backfield and, and he should have a good game. Um, I'll just ask you this real quick, Marvin, you know, because I know you do a lot of dynasty stuff. Mm-hmm. The the history of these like day three running backs that come and like pop at the end of the year. It, Damian Pierce is going to be another one that's discussed to death. Like I'm going to, I'm going to mute half my timeline. It's like, this is the time. <laughs> this is the time to sell Damian Pierce. Nobody's telling you this except everybody. Um, where uh, Tyler Algier, how, how would you feel about him if you had him on your dynasty team right now? Yeah. I mean, he's very similar in, in my opinion to, um, chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco who who yeah. is a day three running back as well who's who's had some you know solid production over the last couple of weeks over 800 scrimmage yards and I, I did actually take a look at this uh since 2010 uh there are only 16 day three running backs that have exceeded 800 scrimmage yards in their rookie year but when you look at this list it's not the most encouraging where you have guys like Alfred Morris Jordan Howard who have repeated their performance from their rookie year and have been fancy relevant. But then you got you have guys like Zach Stacy, Roy Hallou, Jeremy Langford, who was eventually replaced by Jordan Howard, Andre Williams, and many more. The guys that just don't necessarily get that second opportunity again the following year. And, and I know this is probably not what you want me to say, <laughs> but I would be willing to, and I don't think anyone's going to like pay a first round pick for him in, in a yeah. dynasty league anyways, but uh, if you can package him with another player to, to upgrade... I would definitely consider it because the the odds are he might be replaced. We've seen that in the past recently with Michael Carter. I mean, it's a good running back class too that's coming up. So, um, it, it, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they grab a running back with in the third round, and, and the quality of running back there is going to be better than it was in twenty twenty two. Oh, I'm I have no agenda here. Let me be clear about this. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I was I was blank slate asking the question. And you got to you got to go and bring up Jeremy Langford, dude. I I remember <laughs> I remember the Jeremy Langford wars from like yeah, uh, yeah. How, whatever year that was. Good god, yeah. we have wasted a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of time fighting about stupid like day 3 running backs here. So, that's my point. That's my point about this. Sit out sit out the wars on Twitter uh, if if you're going to take a take a take a sword and shield to this one. One thing worth adding for this week, this is Desmond Ritter's first home game, and he's coming off a couple mm. of tough ones in New Orleans, in ba- uh, Baltimore. I mean, so maybe you know, he gets a little bit more competent quarterback play, too, in uh, Atlanta's mm. offense. So, yeah. yeah. He is an interesting guy to evaluate the rest of the way to see, like, what level of quarterback is Atlanta going to look at? Like, and I think so far, it would be kind of crazy to just rock with Desmond Ritter next year. But, you know, again, what he shows will be sort of uh, part of dictating that conversation. Um, I do love I love Drake London in this in this spot. You know, he's for almost 40 percent target share. His last three games like he's been fantastic. And I, I could I could speak about how good I think Drake London is for hours and hours and hours. But uh, I do think this is a pretty good spot for him this week. If you have him, I think he's a low end wide receiver too. probably a guy that you can definitely make your flex play this week. But all right. After all that Jeremy Langford, Roy Hallou trip down memory lane we just took, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about Dalton's favorite game of the, maybe favorite game of the season here coming up next. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we're back. Dalton, 49ers, nine and a half point favorites against whatever the hell is left of the Raiders uh, at this point. So who's going to play? We know it's going to be Jared Stidham making his first career start. We talked about it yesterday. Um, what do you do? What do you do, man? If, if you've got if you've got a Devontae Adams, you got a Josh Jacobs, like you're looking at old Jared Stidham there starting at the other side of it. Um, what are we what are we doing here? What do you how, how, how much is like your 49ers going to absolutely crush this Raiders preseason squad? Yeah, the spread's up to nearly 10 points. And the, the question really remains, though, the playing time on both sides. Uh, even Shanahan's hinted at Bosa sitting this game. Uh, and, and is McCaffrey really going to see the usage uh, if Carr was starting? Those are questions, you know, certainly DFS uh, players are, are asking themselves. Josh Jacobs now has to face a Niners defense. Hasn't allowed a running back to, to reach 60 rushing yards against them this season. Um, I mean, Chandler Jones is not playing. Are, are Adams and Jacobs going to get a full allotment of snaps? Who knows, but you're probably playing them even in this disgusting matchup with Stidham, who's been pretty bad uh, when he's been on the field. I believe it's his first career start, too. So it's a tough one. Maybe the Niners are hung over New Year's Eve in Las Vegas and, and take them lightly, you know, hearing about, you know, <laughs> with Carr being benched. There's a, a, a lot of games with motivation questions, and this is a sneaky one because you think the, the Vegas locker room likes that Derek Carr, the nicest guy in the sport, has been sent home? I mean, that's got to be awkward and weird, no. too. So no. I have no and idea. Devontae Adams no said idea himself, like, nobody likes game. it. Nobody yeah. likes it. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea how to handicap this game and won't pretend won't pretend to um yeah no it's it's really confusing and, and and just on the josh jacobs thing marvin because we just talked about you know tyler algier i've had people ask like i'm i want to play tyler algier over josh jacobs which sounds crazy because josh jacobs has been he's the running back one he's been one of the best picks you could have made in fantasy um is that too crazy though to sit him this week for a guy like algier no, I, I don't think so, just because there's less uncertainty with his workload than there is for Josh Jacobs in, in a tougher matchup. And I think if there was someone who's going to break the, that 60-yard threshold, it would be Josh Jacobs, but that assumes that he's going to get that full workload, and we don't yeah. know that. Um, you know, they're kind of going towards youth. Why not look at some of the other running backs? They already know Josh Jacobs is good, and, and they might not even bring him back next year, right? Because he's yeah. a free agent. So uh, there's a lot of uncertainty there, and, uh, you know, it's it's the about the worst time that they could do this two weeks before the end of the season. But, you know, hey, th that's that's just how it goes, I guess. I got one final Niner note. George Kittle has six touchdowns of 25-plus yards this season, just to bring it full circle, the most since 2001 T.O. from the 49ers. <laughs> All right, continue, sorry. I love it. <laughs> Number one, nobody knows what you mean full circle because that was the pre-show talk. We had a full like five. Uh, oh, the, ter the Terrell breakdown. Owens talk wasn't even on the podcast. That's great. That's amazing. I forgot about guy. All right, sorry. no, no, right. that it's was been all, a long was... season. It's been a long season. Sorry. You know, right, Dalton okay. means business Continue. though when he Continue. when he gets when he gets up close to the mic to talk his uh, George Kittle stats uh, <laughs> where he's wearing his BCB shirt. But Dalton, yeah, you're feeling uh, it, bro. I love to yeah, see it. Uh, uh, okay, Marvin, right. carry and, on. And <laughs> Back to the back to back to business, Dalton. This championship weekend, we don't need you just here taking victory laps on George Kittle. Although, hey, George Kittle, 
going to help you take that victory lap in your fantasy championship here. Um, Dude, I have a George Kittle bobble head behind me, but I move it to for the art behind me for these podcasts yesterday, and it fell, and it broke both his hands and broke both his feet. So I cursed poor, poor George Kittle. So, yeah, oh, now we're on the no. topic here. Yeah, it's awful. I know. Bro. That Brutal. Leave your voodoo I know. I know. I'm talking. Yeah, I know. Tell your wife that <laughs> what that means. I know. That's it's brutal. It's bad. I know. I'm gonna as soon as this podcast is done, uh, I'm gonna ask her what that means because that, yo, that's not good. And if if anything happens to George Kittle right now, it's we on are me. all going. It's on yeah. you. Oh, it's 100 yeah. percent on you right now. So, um, that's tough. That's a tough scene there from Dalton. But Marvin. <laughs> Any concerns about CMC and any of these guys like Dalton brought up, like how much are they going to play? How hard are they going to go against this uh, this tanking little Raiders team? Yeah, I mean, in theory, it's a great matchup for fancy running backs and fancy tight ends. So I would default to say, you know, Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle should have good games. Um, you know, I don't expect the Raiders to score a lot of points. So then CMC could be run quite a bit. But it does make you wonder in the second half, do they do they need to try i mean if they're up by 21 points who knows it's 21 to zero i could honestly see that in the second half and do you then run cmc who you know we don't want to get injured when they're trying to make the playoffs and, and make a run uh, i could see them resting him but he's been the rb1 in fantasy usage over you know in his time with with the 49ers so it's hard to bench him but i would you know say it might be closer to 60 percent of that that usage yeah. maybe just because of the uh the the matchup and, and the motivation to play god what a, what a disaster of a week <laughs> now, we always have to add that caveat that because of everything that's going on the craziness that hey they might not play their starters for the full game which is crazy to think in week 17 uh you know two weeks away from the end of the season it's wild uh all right dolphins at patriots here uh for for this next one marvin you know i'll throw this one back to you obviously uh Xavier howard i think looks like he might not play in this game the the wide receiver matchup has generally been great uh for going against the dolphins passing game match has been pretty good against the dolphins but uh we don't really care about the Patriots. i don't even know if mac jones cares about the patriots passing game uh, i'm gonna go ahead and say no i don't think he cares i don't think the receivers care about him i don't think uh <laughs> matt, they care about matt patricia having them run into each other so we can just put that aside but we do care about Ramondre stevenson coming off a really down game last week yeah he's coming off a down game but he's been a top 20 running back in expected fantasy points or in fantasy usage in all but three games this year and two of those games were early on. They were still kind of ramping him up. He didn't get full starter snaps. And then one of those games, he left early with an ankle injury. So other than that, he's been a really, really safe high-end RB2, mid-range RB2 for most of the year. And Miami's giving up the sixth most fancy points to running backs, the third most receiving yards to running backs over the last six weeks. We know Ramondre excels in, the, in that part of the game, in the receiving game. So I do think it's a bounce-back game for him this week. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, be, we, need, we need a Week 17 hero, for God's sakes. Why not be yeah. Ramondre Stevenson? Um, we know uh, one starter at least will not be playing in this game, Dalton. Tua is definitely not uh, going to play. Who knows when we'll see him again. Teddy Bridgewater, we, we talked about it yesterday, Dalton. I feel like we were we were kind of feeling okay about seeing what Teddy could do in this offense, but it is a difficult spot. Yeah, not too much to add. I'm just curious to see Bridgewater stepping into an offense that's been great. Second most yards per play in the league this year behind only KC. And uh, now going to New England to play uh, a defense that's allowing the fewest yards per play at home this year. So should be a fun one. Uh, final note on, on Stevenson. Um, a guy's been so good all year. Um, that fumble, I, I, like we said, I think Belichick says he's totally going to go back to him. And the, the Dolphins have actually not allowed a running back to reach 70 yards rushing since week six. But as Marvin points out, totally vulnerable through the air. And 
why not just pepper Stevenson with targets? So he, he's definitely a guy who could be an easy top five fantasy back this week. Love that call. All right. Oh, God. NFC South, baby. Panthers at Buccaneers. 40 and a half point uh, over under here. Feels pretty generous for these two teams. I, I will say it. I'm openly uh, rooting for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Dalton's got a note on the Bucks offense, so he's definitely not going first because I don't want to think, talk, or discuss uh, anything about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. I'm ready for them to be out of my lives. Uh, I, I'm ready to see Marvin, Sam Darnold, hosting a playoff game uh, because this offense has been super efficient uh, with him at the helm. Yeah, this feels like deja vu because I'm pretty sure I talked about DJ Moore and the revival of DJ Moore when I was last on this show. And then oh, he it's tapered been, it's off. Been a, it's been all, all year. It's been like three yeah. different. He's back. Now he's gone yeah. again. He's back. Yeah. Most of them coincide with when does Baker Mayfield get on the field for this team. But Baker Mayfield obviously starting for a completely different team on a completely different coast at this point. So, yes, we're back to the fourth or fifth revival of DJ Moore. We're back. He's he's officially back and he's here to stay, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, but obviously over the last six, you know, several weeks, he's he's been really solid. Has had one down game there, but otherwise it's been really solid since week 12. A plus 30% target share in all but one game with Darnold. A plus 35% air yard share in all games. Three of four of those games, he had over 50% of the air yards. I mean, he's just being targeted downfield. Uh, non-stop and, and those are high value opportunities now with that there's obviously the risk of it being more of a low baseline game but if those opportunities connect and we've seen that over the last couple of weeks some solid games there from dj moore that um in a, in a matchup that's allowed the 13th most fancy points per game over the last six uh six weeks to the wide receiver position i do think this could be you know the, a solid game for dj moore where um there is some incentive for them to obviously play and and play well so um, I'm hoping it runs to DJ Moore and that this, you know, this comeback is here to stay. Yeah. And uh, Dalton, you beautiful bastard. You're the one who uh, talked about uh, DJ Moore and how much he's been running out of the slot, uh, which has been great to see. I mean, this is something I've been complaining about with the Panthers under Matt, Matt Rule was they just threw DJ Moore out at the uh, X receiver spot, uh, pr- pr- especially prior to this year. And I'll just go and run the most difficult routes on the team. We're not going to do anything to move you around, despite like DJ Moore's best stuff is when he's in the slot, when he's in space. Like I, I would love to see just more and more from that going forward. So again, another feather in the cap of Steve Wilkes for what he's done taking over this team uh, and some of the adjustments they've made since then. Uh, Dalton, as you could tell, I'm, I'm still talking about uh, the Panthers here. I don't want to talk about the Bucks, but if we must, go ahead. I have bad news for you, Harmon. Not only are the Bucks probably going to win this game, but it just ah. seems in, it just seems inevitable that they're going to beat the Cowboys in the round one. A t- one team that I know doesn't it, and that's that of, and that right there is why I want the Panthers to win this game so bad, so we can avoid that for so I mean for so many reasons. Uh, I, I have so many Cowboy fans uh, friends. Like I don't want them melting down over text to me about this how old man Brady and, you know, Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles bumbling around with the Bucks, like coming in upset in the, I, I want to avoid all of that. Want to avoid any of the, well, there's Tom. He's, he could, st- he could still do it. Even in a down year, he can still, I'm trying to avoid all that, man. I'm trying to avoid that. Both those teams are especially affected by home road performance. Um, they just, they got Donovan Smith back left tackle. Ryan Jensen was just designated to return at center. They're a top 10 offense this year in hurry up. So all it takes is just one, one little switch. I mean, I'm not saying I want to see it happen, but this is still a pretty loaded roster. And if they just start pretending that they're playing from behind and hurry up and they become competent on offense, like they have looked at times. Remember that Seattle game in Germany? 
uh, or any time <sighs> the final two minutes of any game. Um, I don't know. That's I'm 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 just mentally preparing myself for them to beat the Cowboys. I'm not again. I'm not saying I want it to happen, but I've come to that co- the mental preparation conclusion. I mean, at that point, by the way, they beat the Cowboys. All bets are off. Brady's going to win another Super Bowl, or is he's going to be in another Super Bowl? If I'm if I'm there in Arizona in February and the freaking Bucks are in the Super Bowl, I'm going I'm going to lose it. <laughs> like, I mean, give me a break because the NFC is just not that it's not that strong. Like, I, he could go in there and upset the Eagles. Why not? Why not? I mean, everybody and then run through everybody else in the, on way. Why not? I mean. Uh, this again, this is why we as a nation, we as a podcast family for sure, need to be putting all of our energy, manifesting all of our good vibes uh, to the Carolina Panthers this weekend. But and hey, I got a long, complicated history with the Carolina Panthers. I'm not, I'm not interested in in anything good happening to them. But it's they have to avoid. We have to avoid that situation that Dalton just painted there. We have to avoid <laughs> that as a nation. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to Browns at Commanders. Oh boy, what an exciting uh, bounce back spot, Dalton. You got look at you. You got this Bucks thing going, and then on the outline here, you've got "Be wary of Terry" this week, which cute rhyme, but also like what? <laughs> Again, I thought we were pals. <laughs> I know you love uh, you love scary Terry. Sorry, I thought it'd be funny there there, but his uh, his target rate falls from about twenty nine percent with Taylor Heineke to four round fourteen percent or fifteen percent with. Uh, with Carson Wentz, who's starting this game, McLaurin has 50th and expected half PPR points per game with Carson Wentz over six games. Uh, Jahan Dotson looks like an alpha emerging for targets. This matchup should call for running Brian Robinson against Cleveland and Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, ranks 41st out of 42 qualified quarterbacks in EPA per dropback since returning. So, yeah, I don't love Terry McLaurin's setup this week. I, obviously, he's a great player, Harmon. Yeah, yeah, of course he's a great player. And I, it, listen, I love Curtis Samuel, but Car- no, I think Carson Wentz might love Curtis Samuel more than me. Because uh, when he gets in there, like even John Dotson's like target rates and stuff like that go down. It's just, it's crazy. It's bizarre. Uh, the whole, car- I mean, the whole Carson Wentz thing is, uh, God, I can't believe we've got Wentz back in our lives. Marvin, there is one guy, uh, of course, we are excited about uh, in the run game here for Washington. Yeah, that's, that's Brian Robinson in a, in a matchup where, uh, the Browns are allowing the third most fancy points and yards per carry to running backs over the last six weeks. And Brian Robinson has has been just solid every single week since becoming the starter. 18.3 opportunities per game, 11.1 expected fancy points, which is low considering he's getting nearly 20 opportunities. But that's because he's not getting those targets, right? And that's those are the high value opportunities. But even then, he's still an RB2 in volume. And in this matchup, I do think he could creep into that low-end RB1 range if he can get into the end zone. Um, it's a much better matchup than what he had last week. Uh, so this should be a much uh, better game, a more productive game for Brian Robinson, who should be started as an RB2 with some upside. Opponent's second-highest run rate in the league this year when at home facing the Browns. There you go. Love him this week. There yeah. you go. Gibson's yeah. done for, isn't he? He's not. You can't rely on him. He's not likely to play. Jonathan Williams will probably get some, some, some targets. But yeah, no, I love Brian Robinson this week. Concur. Yeah, I'll take the commanders in this game, too. I mean, uh, even if I don't love Carson Wentz, like I just don't have a lot of faith in the Browns offense right now. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, Nick Chubb clearly playing with an injury as well. So it's just, yes. they're just they're sputtering to the end of the season here, Cleveland. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to enjoy the long offseason there. Uh, all right. Colts at Giants. Gross. Um, <laughs> just gross. I, I don't know what I don't know what else to say. You both have uh, stuff on me. I, I don't want to I'll say this. I don't want to play any Colts this week. If you can avoid it, I get it. Pretty good matchup for Michael Pittman. I'd really rather not um, go down the Michael Pittman road just because, I mean, they're playing Nick Foles again. And um, 
I think Austin Eckler said it best on the show earlier this week. Again, they're playing Nick Foles again. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I'm feeling about all Colts in this one. But, Marvin, what about on the other side with the Giants? Yeah, I do think this is going to be a Saquon Barkley game. It's a great matchup for him. But, you know, the, I think the receivers here have some sneaky upside. I know Dalton's going to talk about one of them. But I do think Isaiah Hodgins has been interesting over the last four weeks where he's averaged 20.6% of their targets. Leads the New York Giants wide receivers in fantasy usage with 9.5 expected points. And he's heavily involved in the red zone. They seem to target him there. And, and those are the opportunities. Now, obviously, the, the 9.5 expected points is a low baseline. So they, we, this... This could be a, a recipe for disaster if you started him, but he's been solid and he's been involved. We've seen his snaps go up in recent weeks. Um, so he's someone who you could start here, but I, I don't feel good about starting any of the receivers, honestly, uh, especially on, on the on the Colts side, be, just because the quality of targets you get from Nick Foles. I mean, that, that's just, I don't even know if you can call those targets. I don't know anymore. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I do think Hodgins is interesting, but it's Barkley who should have a big game this this week. Hodgins is like the the newest apple of the eye of my discord that every week they're like, hey, <laughs> you, what, do you, what do you got on this guy? What do you, you got? If you charted this guy, I'm like, oh, man. And it's look, 13 touchdowns in his final college year, 6-4. Like, that's a hell of a drug. So I get it. But that's uh, you guys led me down the DPJ uh, charting uh, lane before. And that was not a very fun experience. So I'll just I don't know. But maybe maybe Hodgins gets the treatment here at some point. But yeah, Dalton, you got another of this uh, great Giants receiver core you want to hype up in this one. Yeah, sleepy sleeper this week. Richie James, after multiple drops last week, was not his uh, his best performance, but a tweet from Jerry Donabedian. Three slot receivers have faced the Colts since Kenny Moore went out, and they all have topped 20 PPR points. Two of them were CeeDee Lamb and Keenan Allen, admittedly, but the other was K.J. Osborne's career game. He got 16 targets. So Kenny Moore has not been ruled out yet, but assuming he does miss this game again... Richie James is a sneaky, uh, sneaky play because they've been pretty good against outside receivers. So uh, he's a, obviously a deep sleeper and it's a smash spot for Barkley. But Richie James, uh, interesting. He's ran 83 percent of his routes from that said slot, by the way. So uh, he's a, a deep sleeper. 49ers legend, Richie James. Exactly. Doing, always, always would do the backflips at the uh, in the quarterback meal spot there. You yeah. And he erupted one Thursday night too when everyone no one else played because of COVID. He had a big, big Thursday night game too. Once. I remember yeah, that was I that was twenty twenty. I remember that one. Uh, yeah, 49ers legend. Uh by the way, just to update something we talked about earlier in the podcast, Christian Watson did not practice with his hip injury today. So keep an eye on that situation like we talked about earlier. All right. A Sunday night slugfest between the Steelers and Ravens. Uh Marvin. Tough matchup uh, for running backs uh, for Najee Harris, although he has been sort of trending in the right direction lately. Yeah, I honestly, when I was trying to dig into anything in this game, I just did not. It's not a fun game to dig into. There's nope. not a lot of uh, fancy relevant players here to, to hype up. But Najee Harris, at least from a usage standpoint, has been top 15 in my usage model over the last three games, a 25% target share last week, which is a season high. So that was encouraging to see. But the Ravens, they are a tougher matchup against running backs. They're the 27th best, but they did just allow Tyler Algier to finish as an RB1 in Week 16. And and the week before that, Chubb told 99 rushing yards. So I, there is there, there is an opportunity here for Najee to have a solid game, but I'm not sure it's going to be an RB1 game, an RB2 game even. He could be on that lower-end flex, but, but we'll see. Um, obviously, you're starting him if you're in the championship week and he's taken you this far, but I, I would just temper my expectations in this matchup. This is New Year's Day. Uh, this game, the Sunday night game, New Year's Day. You 
you're sleeping off your hangover at this point. You're you're in bed. You can you can go ahead and skip this one. I'll, I mean, <laughs> you, that you're right, Marvin. This is not a very exciting matchup. Uh, but Dalton on the other side. I'm an idiot. Got myself excited about J.K. Dobbins last week. I know better. I know better as a fantasy analyst and to do that. But I did it anyways. How are we feeling this week? Uh, down on him this week. He had a big game against the Steelers last time they met this season. But man, he just split carries completely evenly with Gus Edwards last week. Dobbins didn't even see a fourth quarter carry. He has one catch since week four. Just recently admitted that one of his legs is lagging behind the other following surgery. Um, Steelers have yielded uh, the second fewest <laughs> rushing touchdowns this season. Tyler Huntley is just totally limits that offense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd look to a Tyler Algier, DeAndre Swift's upside, A.J. Dillon, someone like that, if I was debating uh, Dobbins versus one of them in this matchup. There's some weirdness with the Ravens right now. The Lamar thing is getting is getting a little weird. Um, you know, like John Harbaugh's kind of a little chirpy about it, I guess you'd say, when asking questions about Lamar's health and availability and stuff like that. I I don't know. There's some weirdness. That's going to be like a storyline uh, in the offseason for sure, the Lamar Jackson situation, the contract, all that deal. Um, especially this is the second year in a row he's, he's not been able to finish, uh, so there's going to be a lot of questions about that. Um, yeah. Definitely Spidey Sense is going off about that. But we enough of that. Enough of that game. Let's move on to Bills at Bengals. This is like the game of the week. It's awesome. It's on Monday night. What a what a treat, Dalton. We get to we get to watch this game. Uh what do you got in, uh, on this one? Yeah, it should be fun. Nice standalone game here. A lot of fantasy championships decided. All the best ballers were coming down here uh with this game in mind. Tough matchup against the Bills, but Burrow just plays so much better at home. Uh during his career, 7.0 YPA away, 8.6 at home. This year it's similar splits. So um he guy excels in Cincinnati. Gets a nice matchup there in prime time. Fire up pretty much everyone involved here. Uh, you get the feeling this could be one of those nice like three tutty games from 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 your guy Gabe Davis too. Don't you just get that feeling, Harmon? <sighs> Gross. <laughs> no, I don't. I hey, let me tell you. No, I do not get that. Although uh, Stefan Diggs, I don't know if you guys have seen this, uh, but Stefan Diggs earlier this week because uh, there was all kinds of like snow and weather situations going on. Uh, with with Buffalo, he was tweeting about it, and then he also sends out this tweet. This this was uh, uh on the twenty seventh, so just a couple days ago. This whole cooking for yourself <laughs> zero out of ten wouldn't recommend. I'd be damn near too tired to eat after, and then gotta wash the dishes after. Yeah, nah. And then Stefan Diggs will not participate in practice this morning with an illness. Diggs, <laughs> buddy, we're we're pals. You should have just called. You should. I could have helped. I could have done anything to avoid this situation. So. If uh if old Diggs is dealing with uh you know the aftermath of undercooking um you know some food he's got an illness situation I'm not trying to speculate here but I'm just saying yeah maybe then Gabe Davis has his big eruption game if there's no Steph Diggs in this one but I, I don't think that's a realistic situation so funny yeah you do, yeah that's I mean the Bengals are giving up the fifth highest yards per reception of the last six weeks so Gabriel Davis man this is this could be the game this could be it. Right in time for week seven. (laughs) (laughs) Right in time for Dalton to sail past me in the stupidest bet uh, in fantasy football history. Um, Although maybe Mike Evans, just three TDs uh, this week. Maybe we'll see. We'll see, Dalton. But uh, what else do we got here, uh, Marvin, in this game? Yeah, I think this could be obviously a good matchup for for the wide receivers involved on both teams, but also for the tight ends where the Bengals are allowing the 13th most fancy points to tight ends over the last six games. Third in targets allowed, seventh in receiving yards allowed. And over the last three weeks, Dawson Knox has been uh, 
just, I mean, a, a revelation. A t- tight end five in expected fantasy points. Tight end nine in target share was 23%. Tight end seven in air yard share. And and this is something we're not really used to with Knox because he's a touchdown guy. He's not really the volume guy for for this team. But we've seen that change over the last uh, few weeks. And and so I do think in this matchup where he's been he's been one of the hottest tight ends over the last you know several weeks. I think you can rely on him as a potentially high end tight uh, tight end one option in in a really good matchup. Uh, and also to add on to the Knox thing, Hayden Hurst also fully practiced uh, this week. I mean, obviously he's not high up uh, on the target tree, but regardless, you know, if you're desperate at tight end or whatever, he makes for uh, a mildly interesting play there. Uh, both you guys, just because this game is so fun uh, and I'm going back and forth on how I feel about it. Dalton, I'll start with you. Pick this game. Yeah, I'm going Bengals here. I like them 27-24 at home. I like them. I know the second half last week was weak, but they just dominated the, the Patriots in New England first half. I'm going Cincy. Marvin, what about you? Yeah, I, I like uh, the Bengals here as well. Um, at you know home matchup, obviously, and and um, I do think they could. This could be a high scoring game, and this is the perfect Monday Night Football game for for you know fantasy managers relying on on a lot of these guys. I hope it's high scoring. I hope there's a lot of touchdowns involved, but I do think the Bengals could win this one. I'll take the other side. I'll take the Bills in this one. Uh, I like the way the run game has come together lately. Um, I think this like we're due for a pretty good Josh Allen performance. And I agree. Not only, Marvin, is this great that we're getting this game at the end here uh, for all the fantasy championships and stuff like that. Like these, This matchup will certainly decide a lot of those uh, championship matchups, I, I, I would imagine. Also, we are going to need a palate cleanser after some of the mess that we're going to... I mean, we're going to watch Josh Dobbs, Jarrett Stidham... Um, I mean, some real goofball stuff is going on here in week 17. So it's good to end on this note. Uh, I am very appreciative that both of you guys helped me preview this uh, strange week 17. Uh, Marvin, tell the people about where they can find your work and what you got going on uh, th- both this week and the rest of the season. Yeah, I first of all, thank you guys again for having me. This is it's always fun to, to hang out with you guys. Um, but as far as my articles go, I have one more article that just came out here kind of prepping for week 17, a couple of flex options based on my usage model that you guys can uh, can can read and, and hopefully uh, find some success in with those picks. Uh, but over the next two weeks, I'll be recapping some of these players for a full season, kind of looking at guys that overperformed uh, from a fancy usage standpoint, guys who, who scored points above expected and then guys who underperformed too. And that'll be the following week. So those are the two articles that will be coming out on the website in a couple of weeks. Amazing. Definitely make sure you check that out uh, and and make sure you're following Marvin and all the great stuff he's doing. Dalton, what about you? That's all, man. Just follow me on Twitter as usual. You know, I'm fi- I actually am going to fire off a best of. I do one tweet. You always make fun of me, Harmon, but I do one yearly tweet <laughs> talking about my favorite TV shows and movies. And I, that is coming up because it's the year, the the new year. But um, just please, George Kittle, someone put him in bubble wrap. Please keep stay healthy, George Kittle. Now, I feel this is awful. This is set up really poorly for you in end poorly here. But anyway, good times talking to you guys and good luck to everyone in their fantasy championships. My God, Dalton. I mean, if something happens to George Kittle, I don't know how you're going to live with yourself. At least I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I was you. And I'll say this for Dalton, uh, even if he will not, make sure you read his uh, sit-start column uh, every this week. I mean, it's an important week. Make sure you read it this week and every single week. And it's not just some little goofy, start this guy and don't start this guy, Well, you know, that you see all the way out there in the fantasy industry. It's much more in-depth than that. He's giving you great, great stuff that you need to know. So make sure you're reading Dalton's column this week. Uh, and, and next next year as well, because I'm sure he's going to write it again next year. And it's a banger every single year. So make sure you're reading that. Make sure you're keeping up with Marvin's work as well. That is going to do it for us. Your fantasy season 
might be over. But that does not mean that you're not still going to go on the Twitter machine and follow at FF underscore Marvin E and at Dalton Dalton. I mean, you got to get ready for that yearly tweet from Dalton. I mean, he's starting to he's starting to put some stuff out there. The eyes emoji on the on the betting line. He's tweeting out his his article links. I mean, you could you could maybe do a little bit better sell Dalton than just like column is up. You can maybe maybe sell it a little bit more. Uh, we're gonna baby we're gonna steps, get yeah, you yeah. tweeting more and putting yourself out there more in the new year. That is my New Year's resolution. Don't give a damn about myself. And because of that, you definitely don't need to be following at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. But it is there if you're interested. And of course, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy for all of the good takes and good tweets. Andy Barons, oh, the great Andy Barons, will be back with me on Monday with a recap of these interesting Week 17 games. Until then, we're out. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.